Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And Obi-Wan Kenobi also said, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw from just about every point of view, and I would like to welcome you to Favorite Points of View. This show is part of the Four Center podcast feed, and here on Four Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars. So what we do here on Favorite Points of View is ask Star Wars fans about a specific topic within Star Wars, 
what their favorite thing is in that topic and why. Why do they love it? I also ask people to share when and how they got introduced to Star Wars. And it's always really interesting because sometimes there is a direct relationship between what they started with in Star Wars and what they love in Star Wars, but not always. So this is our second episode of Favorite Points of View, and for our first episode, I asked patrons on our Force Center Patreon page to share their favorite lightsaber and a little bit about where they started with Star Wars. So for this, our second episode, that first episode about lightsabers was so fun, I decided I needed even more lightsaber thoughts in my life, so I asked some listeners on Facebook and Twitter to share their favorite lightsaber and where their Star Wars adventure began. I, once again, got a ton of great responses, and if I shared them all, this podcast would be so long, it would wrap up in about 2024. So I picked a bunch uh, that showed a wide variety of perspectives. In total, I picked 12 to share, 6 in the first half of the podcast, 6 in the second half. So, ignite your blades, be careful of your limbs, and enjoy. We start with a lightsaber and a memory from Blue Milk Latte. Here is what Blue Milk Latte has to say. I love Yoda's lightsaber. Its short hilt and saber perfectly correspond to match Yoda's personality and height at two feet, two inches tall. The green kyber crystal is perfect for our favorite green Jedi. I love the idea of seeing Yoda in lightsaber combat, where his standby quote of judge me by my size do you is put to the test for not only himself, but his lightsaber as well. That is great. It's a great shout out to the general aesthetic of Yoda's lightsaber. And for me, just the existence of Yoda having a lightsaber. I am of the generation that grew up with the uh, original trilogy. So I still remember being in that theater in 2002 and seeing, oh man, they, they mentioned it in the first half of the movie that Yoda is a great uh, swordsman. What, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And all that robe parted in that little lightsaber hilt came flying out and ignited all green and I screamed and I screamed and it was wonderful. So here's what Blue Milk Latte has to say about where their Star Wars adventure began. I've loved Star Wars my entire life, but what sealed the deal and made me a hardcore fan was in 1997, the re-release of The Empire Strikes Back. I was nine and living in Reno, Nevada with my dad. It had just snowed a bunch and my dad took me to the theater, and when those at-at walkers, or AT-AT walkers, showed up on Hoth, I thought this was happening right outside my theater door. I was blown away. A week later, I bought a snowspeeder at KB Toys, and the rest is history. That is great. That's such a great example of those times when we, uh, even though we start Star Wars at different points, we still have such a similar experience. Uh, I saw Empire Strikes Back when it was released in the theater, but at the time I lived in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I was uh, born in Minnesota. Shortly after, in 81, we moved back to Minnesota, and I had a hard time with the snow, but the difficulties of the snow were made better by just thinking, it's okay, it's Hoth. I sometimes actually enjoyed falling down in the snow because what? I was just being like Luke Skywalker. So I can definitely relate to that blue milk latte. Move it on to number two. We have a, a lightsaber and an adventure from Keith Rideout. Keith says, My favorite lightsaber is a Legends-era hilt from Young Jedi Knights. 
Tenel Ka's saber always fascinated me because its description and artist renditions were, at the time, wholly unique to me in the universe. The idea of using a rancor tooth as the base and building off of that, how its form served as a reflection of her people, was just a cool concept. I was beyond excited seeing videos from the saber building experience at Galaxy's Edge, seeing that organic aesthetic continue. Someday I'll get my own rancor tooth lightsaber. Oh man, that is so great. I, it, it's wonderful for me, who is somebody who is relatively deep into Star Wars. There's a lot of legend stuff that I don't know. I didn't know Tenal Ka. I knew that there was a lightsaber hilt with a rancor tooth, because that just sort of reverberates out into general Star Wars knowledge, but I didn't know it was specifically from Young, Young Jedi Knights. I didn't know the name Tenal Ka, so thank you for sharing that, Keith. I do have to tell you, as somebody who has had the uh, the luck to build a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge, I was very tempted by that Rancor Tooth. You could see the temptation to choose the Rancor Tooth uh, from almost everyone there. Here's what Keith has to say about the beginning of that Star Wars adventure. Return of the Jedi was my introduction and love at first sight moment. It was the mid-80s and times weren't great as we recovered from a farm-focused economic recession. But my dad was able to bring home our first home video player regardless, purchasing off a family friend. A beta machine with a box of tapes. One of them was Return of the Jedi with that classic blue vertical hero poster by Kazukio Sano. I spent years wearing that out and running through dry fields, wielding branches and pretending to be Luke or running through the woods with Ewoks. I didn't realize there were other wars until Dad eventually came home with Empire Strikes Back, frying my little brain altogether and ensuring I never looked back. That is really cool. There's uh, so much, uh, so many memories there. The the beta machine <laughs> is an amazing moment in time. I think a lot of people have experienced seeing the different uh, chapters of Star Wars out of order, but it's just kind of wonderful to imagine a time where you weren't even aware. You couldn't Google, are there other wars? You just had to wait until uh, Dad came home with Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I myself did not grow up on a farm, but there's I have deep farm Star Wars memories because I had a couple of cousins who lived on a farm, and they were the cousins who were just a little bit older, and they got all of the A New Hope toys. So when I ever see a picture of the original X-Wing uh, from uh, the, the original Kenner X-Wing toy and the original TIE Fighter, my mind immediately goes back to playing on a farm and not actually getting to play with them uh, myself, but watching in admiration and, uh, and desire uh, for the toys as my cousin flew them around his farm. So that is a great memory that I have not thought about in a long time. So thank you for that, Keith. Moving on, Jared Hamby. Uh, I hope I got the name right, Jared Hamby. Jared says, My favorite lightsaber, or sabers in this case, are Ahsoka's white blades that she recovers from the Inquisitor. Ahsoka became one of my favorite characters, and I thoroughly enjoyed the Ahsoka novel. I felt that the glowing white sabers are a perfect representation of Ahsoka's character. I can't imagine her with another color, and wielding two blades like a martial artist-slash-gymnast is just cool, too. Man, uh, Ahsoka's blades are coming up a lot. I think that's partially because we are in just a great Ahsoka time period right now as the uh, final season of Clone Wars is uh, wrapping up and there's a lot of Ahsoka attention, rumblings about other appearances of Ahsoka coming down the line. But those blades, I think, really do uh, strike the imagination 
because they are definitely one of the blades that uh, are totally representative of the character. There's uh, other people that have, that have great discussions about exactly how the hilt and the actual color can match the different uh, characters, the different uh, force wielders. But that Ahsoka novel where you get to go in deep and the change of color is undeniably related to who she is, uh, that she is certainly of the Jedi philosophy, but defines herself differently, that a blue or a green blade no longer fully represents her, but something about this white and silver color, along with uh, wielding the two blades, is representative of who she has been and who she has become in the present. So many cool thoughts with that. Moving along, here's what Jared says about their Star Wars adventure. I was born in 82, so missed the theatrical releases. My parents didn't watch Star Wars either, but I remember in 1997 seeing the commercials for the special editions and I was just blown away. I had to see it. Not only did I have to see them all, but I just had to take my little brother with me too. He was only eight years old, but I dragged him with me opening nights to all the special editions, and we still go together on opening nights. It's a tradition that I hold dear to my heart. That is one of the best parts of uh, doing this experiment of asking people where their Star Wars adventures uh, started because again and again these stories come up of who we see the movies with and how those adventures of seeing Star Wars together tracks through our lives. Uh, Thank you so much. Great thoughts, Jared. We are going to move on to Timothy Pollard. Timothy says about lightsabers. It's a tough choice but I have to choose Obi-Wan's. I see lightsabers as the physical embodiment of the ones who wield them, which is why almost always when someone goes through a major change, they get a new lightsaber, even when they build it to look the same, like when Anakin's is destroyed in Attack the Clones before he gets married and becomes a Jedi Knight, or when Obi-Wan loses his after his master dies. This is why I think Ahsoka's changed. Whatever the canon answer may be, they are different because she is different, And she changes again after Order 66, which leads to her making her white lightsabers. So simply put, Obi-Wan has my favorite lightsaber because he is my favorite character. Those are some great thoughts about lightsabers, exactly what we were talking about, this uh, thread that came through in some of the answers about how people really see the lightsabers as reflections of the character. It's a great point that Timothy's making as we record. It is absolutely up to the date. Uh, We see Ahsoka's lightsabers go through lots of changes uh, in her character, and we get to see that with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, so I think that's a really interesting idea to to tie all of these characters together and all of their lightsaber changes as reflections of their characters and when big things happen to them. Here's what Timothy says about his Star Wars adventure. I was born into a Star Wars family and don't remember a time when I didn't know the original trilogy like the back of my hand. Some of my earliest memories are of sitting on my bed, watching them over and over again. I was four when Phantom Menace came out, so I grew up watching the prequels as they released. And now, I have gotten to see all of the Disney-era films with the same person. Force Awakens, when she was my girlfriend. Rogue One, when she was my fiancé. And The Last Jedi, and on, with her being my wife. Star Wars is an important part of my life, and Force Center has become an important part of Star Wars. Uh, Timothy, thank you uh, for including Force Center uh, as a part of your Star Wars adventure. That's amazing. And this is just so powerful to see not only 
the idea that we march through our lives sharing Star Wars with specific people. And sometimes it can grow and evolve. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, uh, a family member. But as Timothy is describing, uh, there's such great Star Wars poetry between Timothy's uh, thoughts on lightsabers and Timothy's adventures of who he goes to see Star Wars with because they're both evolving. The lightsabers uh, evolve to match the changes in the character and the actual nature, the definition of your relationship changed over the course of the Disney-era Star Wars films from girlfriend to wife. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Timothy. We are going to move on to Ben John Constantine. I don't know if it's Constantine or if I just want to say it that way because I like that comic book character. Ben John Constantine? Here's what uh, Ben John has to say. I love Kanan's lightsaber. The fact that the hilt itself separates reminds me of when I was a kid and I'd take apart my pen in class pretending I was a Jedi constructing my lightsaber. Then, when the teachers scolded me for not paying attention, I'd pretend Professor Huyang was telling me to build it better. Regardless, the lightsaber is cool in the symbolism of Kanan needing to split it to further hide that he's a Jedi is awesome. Great thoughts, Ben. Uh, another great uh, reflection of how the lightsabers reflect the characters. This one really, really struck me in terms of having our different experiences with Star Wars based on age. Uh, ben mentions Professor Huyang, uh, voiced by David Tennant. This introduction of this very cool-to-me part of uh, Star Wars Jedi lightsaber construction canon, that there is this wise robot on a ship that helped the younglings build their lightsabers the, uh, after they, uh, they collected the crystals on uh, Ilum. And I, I loved it so much. And I, I admit, when I read this, I just had this flash of wonder of, I had, I had to wait until I was an adult to learn about Professor Hyang. In the thought of being able to have the imagination of that character when I was a child, it was like, oh man, that would have been great. So I'm so great to uh, get to live that vicariously through uh, Ben's description. Ben has more lightsabers that he loves. Ben went on to say, also Qui-Gon's lightsaber, but specifically for the few moments of screen time that Obi-Wan is using it in Phantom Menace. I loved Obi-Wan as a kid, and I also loved the green of that lightsaber, so the combination of the two blew my child mind when I'd watched Phantom Menace as a kid, so much so that I bought that lightsaber and pretended I was Obi-Wan using it at home. Now, that is great, because after I went uh, on and on about uh, the differences because of age, uh, I was much older than Ben when The Phantom Menace came out, and I also bought Qui-Gon's lightsaber toy so I could pretend I was Obi-Wan at home. Absolutely no different. Here is what Ben says about where his Star Wars adventure began. Oh, and I started with the original trilogy, but watching Phantom Menace in the cinema got me really hooked. That being said, I think The Clone Wars has had the biggest influence on me as a Star Wars fan. And moving on, we got a nice, short, sweet one from Mike Carpenter. Mike says, Right now, Leia's saber is my favorite, just because it was so unexpected in Episode Nine and still had a huge emotional impact. I think it is safe to say that you are not alone, Mike, in feeling that huge emotional impact. It's great to see uh, several people shouting out Leia's blade. Here is what Mike says about how his Star Wars adventure began. Became a fan at age five after writing the original Star Tours. I was disappointed to learn that Captain Rex wasn't in the movies, but I got over it. 
That is amazing. It's such a short sentence, but it speaks volumes about discovering Star Wars, not just from, well, what was your first movie? Are you an original trilogy, prequel trilogy? But, uh, oh, did you start uh, with only the ride? That is really awesome and such a reminder that uh, Star Wars is so everywhere in our culture that we can discover it random places. It could be that somebody's first exposure to Star Wars was uh, it was my uh, aunt's shower curtain, and she had Darth Vader on it. And I was like, why is the scary guy in the shower? And that is how my Star Wars adventure began. That uh, took a twist. I didn't really mean it to, but you get the point. And I also love that Mike takes the time to say that he was disappointed to learn that Captain Rex wasn't in the movies, but got over it. If that is not the true spirit of a Jedi, that you miss Captain Rex in the movie, but you found the power to simply let go. Great job. Thank you for sharing that, Mike. Thank you for everyone who has uh, sent anything in for us to read so far. We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more lightsabers and Star Wars adventures. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And like a lightsaber flying through the air back into the hand of its owner through the power of the force, we are back. We are going to talk more favorite lightsabers and we're going to talk more Star Wars introductory adventures. We are now going to go into the mind of Michael Harris. Here is what Michael has to say about his favorite lightsaber. My favorite lightsaber is Qui-Gon Jinn's because it was the first toy lightsaber I had as a kid because of its simplicity and also because of the large red button that turns it on as if Qui-Gon had troubles with previous lightsabers and finding their power switch. <laughs> that is great. Uh, I love this uh, perspective. I think that lightsaber does have just a great aesthetic design. It came up a lot in this round of asking people about their lightsabers. Uh, but I also like uh, this reminder from Michael that sometimes what binds us uh, to something from Star Wars is its physical representation, its physical manifestation in the real world, and the idea that this one meant a lot to you, not only because of the design, but just the toy. And I agree, the bright red button is, uh, it, it's interesting. I think of, you know, bright red things as being like, hey, uh, this is the panic button. But I think of Qui-Gon as very, being very calm and peaceful. So the fact that his lightsaber ignition button has a bit of panic to it, is an interesting insight into his character or my overanalyzing of his lightsaber button. But great points, uh, Michael. Here's what Michael has to say about his Star Wars adventure. The prequel trilogy started my Star Wars fandom as I was only five years old when my parents took me to see Revenge of the Sith in the theater. The movie's ending luckily did not traumatize me and I have been a Star Wars fan ever since. I grew up with Star Wars being my toys of choice and celebrating many Star Wars-themed birthdays. With the release of the sequel trilogy, my fandom grew even stronger as my dad took me to see a midnight showing of The Force Awakens. It was then that I really dove in, reading the new canon novels, listening to the podcasts, and re-watching the movies. That is all great. Man, this this was an emotional roller coaster when I first saw this one and saw Five Years Old, Revenge of the Sith. It's amazing. Uh, I, I am not a parent myself, but I got to watch uh, vicariously as my brother uh, raised uh, his son, uh, my nephew, and was a big fan of, uh, of Star Wars. And I remember at one point my nephew saying to me, will you, will you just tell me what happens, what happens in Revenge of the Sith because I can't see it yet. And it, 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 was a real, uh, it was a real choice of how long to wait. So that's amazing to, to hear uh, somebody that got to see it in the theater when they were five years old and process those many emotions. I also really like that uh, Michael points out this sort of progression of Star Wars interest. Uh, I, I think those of us uh, who uh, record these uh, podcasts and, and those of you who listen to them and, and many of you record your own podcasts or write blogs or interact in different ways, there's these levels uh, to Star Wars fandom that isn't about being uh, more of a fan. 
but there is choices about kind of how much time and how uh, how deep you go, how much uh, you make it a part of your day-to-day life, how much time you spend building a community around it. And I love how Michael talks about experiencing it as a, a kid. And then the release of the sequel trilogy is brought him, was what brought him into this different kind of all-in fandom that a lot of us live in. Very cool, Michael. Moving on, Marie McHale says... As a kid, Luke's green lightsaber was my favorite. I think the surprise and excitement of the new color stood out to me, and still does. I get chills every time I watch him ignite it in Return of the Jedi. Now, I'd have to say it's between Leia's and Rey's. Leia's, because it was so unexpected, and because Jedi Master Leia is everything I've ever wanted. Rey's, because it's new, different, and I think, like Luke's green, it's uniquely hers. Those are uh, three great lightsabers. Um, Luke's in particular, Luke's green blade is probably the one that came up the most in this round of lightsaber discussion. Uh, Last episode, it was Ray's. Ray's has been coming up a lot as well. Uh, People are really connecting with it. And I love everything that Maria uh, says here. Uh, Luke's Return of the Jedi moment is, of course, incredibly powerful, important lightsaber moment, lightsaber reveal. There's a spirit there that the reveal of Leia's and Rey's in uh, episode nine both have that feeling of a reveal, not just, oh, yeah, we know that character's going to have a lightsaber. Oh, cool. What does Plo Koon's look like? Because we know he has one. But there's something about this spirit of, of revelation that makes all of those lightsabers feel connected. Here's what Marie says about her introduction to Star Wars. I was introduced to the original trilogy in 1996 when my parents rented episode four from our local video shop. They're both huge fans. My dad with a high school yearbook filled with May the Force Be With You notes, and my mom with hilarious stories about repeatedly driving over an hour to the nearest movie theater to see Star Wars. My little sisters and I were immediately hooked, so much so that I insisted on playing the main Star Wars theme at a piano recital the following year. It's been a family thing for over 20 years, and I truly cannot imagine my life without it. That is great, Marie. I I love how uh, you point out all of the different ways that Star Wars connects to your family. I have to also admit, uh, hearing that that you had a mom who repeatedly drove over an hour to see Star Wars is kind of awesome. My mom was always, uh, I will have to say, mildly interested to very tolerant of Star Wars. Uh, she certainly understood how much my brother and I loved it, uh, you know, got us action figures, all sorts of things like that, knew it was a huge part of our life, but uh, she was also mindful of it not becoming too big of uh, a part of our life. Uh, I remember we lived in a town in Minnesota called St. Cloud for a little while, and I was very excited to move to St. Cloud because it had cloud in the name, like Cloud City, and then there was one night where there was a beautiful sunset just full of... Uh, orange and pink and purple hues and I we were walking out of the store and I was like we're on cloud city and I will never forget the the look on my mother's face and the concern when she said you 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 know you you know Star Wars isn't isn't real right and there was a there were definitely some times of my mom checking in checking in on me and Star Wars but it all worked out fine right right all right let's move on to Jonathan Jonathan Curdy. Here's what Jonathan has to say on favorite lightsaber. Obi-Wan's Phantom Menace Saber. I've always loved blue as a blade color, and the pommel is distinctive, and I love it. Always sad to see Maul booted away. 
It would have been really interesting to see him return with it in that first Clone Wars arc having bled it red. But hey, maybe it is still out there somewhere in the sewers of Naboo. If Luke's could be recovered from Bespin, there's still hope. There's the spirit of Star Wars. Sewers, drains, vents. These are not horrible, gross places. They're places of hope because you could always find a cool discarded lightsaber or maybe a half a Sith Lord somewhere in there. Uh, that's great. Uh, I, I will really agree with this one. Uh, Phantom Menace uh, I've talked about was a, a big time for me. Uh, as, a, as a young man at the time, Obi-Wan was my favorite character. That lightsaber was so distinctive, as Jonathan says, and I had a, a toy of it and uh, absolutely loved it. I relate very much to that being a favorite lightsaber. Here's what Jonathan has to say about the Star Wars adventure of his life. I was watching the original trilogy Star Wars on VHS before I could understand it. I have a distinct memory of being three, sitting on the floor in the living room, watching the wampa scene on Hoth, but I'd seen it many times before then. When I started kindergarten, I'd come home and immediately pop in The Phantom Menace every day after school for weeks. I didn't like change, so Star Wars was my constant. If my sister didn't get home from school at the same time in the movie when she usually did, when Qui-Gon is speaking with Jar Jar in the forest after saving him, I would start getting worried. She was always all right, if not a bit late, and I was ready to face another day of school, refueled by pod-racing thrills and epic lightsaber action. Jonathan, that's great. What a great description of where your adventure began and really how it impacted your life, a specific relationship with your sister, and something we don't talk about uh, a ton on uh, on Force Center. Uh, I really felt this last sentence that Jonathan shared. I was ready to face another day of school, refueled by pod racing thrills and epic lightsaber action. Speaking for myself, uh, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I definitely grew up in a time where, yeah, yeah, kids like Star Wars, and, and you talked with some of them on the playground, uh, particularly when you were younger, but there's definitely a time uh, where being loud and proud about being a nerd uh, or having genre pop culture sci-fi interests uh, was not always great, and just going uh, and having a time where you could be refueled, as Jonathan says, by enjoying all of the thrills of Star Wars really could help you face things at school were, that were a little bit more, uh, you're mired in the real life and they aren't always as fun. Having that little bit of Star Wars to carry with you really helped uh, me get through a lot of not great times at school as well. So thank you so much for sharing that, Jonathan. Moving on, Steve. Steve uh, is uh, one name, just a powerful, powerful one name, like uh, Darth Steve, and then the Darth fell off, and he's just Steve. I don't know if Steve is a Sith fan. If not, I apologize. Here's what Steve has to say. My favorite lightsaber is Luke's hilt from Return of the Jedi. Although I enjoy the symbolism of his mastery of the Force, what I love most about it is how it feels in the hand. I, like most kids of my generation, got the plastic light-up collapsible toy from Toys R Us. The hilt just felt so comfortable to grab and spin around in my hand. Even the indented neck area of it is a nice place to rest your index and middle finger to maintain a sturdy grip. I always preferred a blue blade, though, so even at 12 or 13 years old, I customized it by swapping out the green blade for Obi-Wan's Episode One blade. Oh, 
that's great. Uh, like I said, there's a ton of people uh, all saying great things about uh, Luke's green blade. Uh, I really liked uh, Steve's insight here about just uh, the technical relationship with a lightsaber. We can get imaginative about the meaning and the romance, but I like that Steve's like, no, this is a great lightsaber just because, you know, where your fingers go make it really good. And that power to know what you like and say, I want that hilt with this color lightsaber. Uh, I also relate to the, uh, the Toys R Us part. A traumatic childhood memory I have is uh, we went to Toys R Us, very early uh, toy lightsabers available, looked at the price to my little child's mind, that said $199. Wow, we could, we could afford those. Uh, and then my dad went to Toys R Us to uh, pick up the, uh, the lightsabers and said, that, that's not $199, that's $799, and that's too expensive for lightsabers. But here, turn off the lights, and pretend with your flashlights, and I did, and it was great. Here is what Steve has to say about this Star Wars adventure. Steve says, My fandom started in 1996 at around 10 years old. My friend got a Nintendo 64 with Shadows of the Empire. After playing it with him, the first time, I needed to know more. I used my allowance to buy a Power of the Force Luke action figure before seeing the movie. So I asked my dad if we could rent Star Wars from the local Hollywood video. He rented all three, and I watched them all in a weekend. The following year, I saw all the special editions in theater and have been all in ever since. Those uh, are just a, a deluge of amazing uh, memories and moments. First time I played Shadows of the Empire was one of the first times I played a true 3D video game, and I remember being so excited to be immersed in the world of Star Wars if I could just figure out how to walk straight. I got there eventually. Anyway, thank you so much, Steve. Those are great memories and a great lightsaber choice. Moving on, we have a selection from Declan Lelon. Uh, I apologize if I've gotten your name incorrect. Here is what Declan says. Favorite lightsaber is Palpatine's. The first time I saw the treason scene in Revenge of the Sith, it blew me away, and I've been fascinated by his saber ever since. The simplistic Regal design is perfect and is something I don't think we saw enough of. I could not agree more. Palpatine slash Sidious's lightsaber is just an amazing design. It could have been just really brutal, right, to just show that he is a Sith. He is the epitome of evil in Star Wars. But instead, it blends the power, the evil of Sidious with this sort of uh, surface mask of Palpatine of being a rich, powerful person who has manipulated society as well. That lightsaber says, I am going to kill you and I probably have more money than you. It is a very, very evil lightsaber. So that is a great choice as far as I'm concerned. Here is what Declan says about the beginning of the Star Wars adventure. I was bought a half Death Star Micro Machines playset for Christmas when I was five by my dad's friend, and then the year after, the special editions came out in cinemas, so got the books of the films, the toys, and then saw the films. I've been hooked ever since. Yet another great example of the strange and amazing path towards actually seeing the Star Wars movie from Micro Machine <laughs> to books to toys to finally the films. We all have different paths, and we are going to wrap up our path through Favorite Points of View, Lightsabers Part 2, with this from Anthony. Here's what Anthony has to say about his favorite lightsaber. Without a doubt, 
my favorite lightsaber is Anakin's slash Luke's slash Rey's. I love that it represents legacy and the passing of the torch between generations. But more importantly, I appreciate that Saber showcases the fact that we are not beholden to the destinies and choices of those who came before us. It is up to us as individuals to forge our own path. Wow, I really, really love that big picture view of that lightsaber. Depending on where people came into Star Wars, they can have different relationships with that lightsaber of what its sort of essential meaning is. But Anthony, this is such a, a great idea to just look at it is it is the torch between the generations and it is the collected experiences of all of these different uh, powerful Jedi, these powerful Skywalkers who all made different choices and this uh, blade is a symbol of our ability to make those choices. That's really cool. Here's what Anthony has to say about his Star Wars adventure. Like many of my generation, my love and fandom for Star Wars started with the showings of the special editions in 97. Although I was only two, my uncle made sure that I was a part of this momentous occasion. Although my father was in and out of the picture, my uncle largely assumed the role of a father figure in my life. He took it upon himself to raise me as his own, and certainly made sure that I loved Star Wars as much as he did. He saw A New Hope ten times in the summer of 77. Star Wars was how he and I bonded, even though life was difficult at most times. The distraction of a galaxy far, far away was special for both of us, especially with the later releases of the prequels. He and I watched Episode 2 300 times in the summer of 03. That is not an exaggeration. I counted. I loved debating themes with him and creating headcanon and side stories. Although my uncle passed away, I was fortunate to be able to see Episode 3 with him in the theater, the last thing he and I would do together. For that special moment, I will always cherish Star Wars in that it represents family, fun, and adventure to me overall. This passion has continued to this day, and I even wrote my senior thesis in college about the importance of Anakin Skywalker's origin to understanding the overall saga. May the Force be with you. Anthony, that is great. You wrote a college thesis about Anakin Skywalker's uh, adventures in Star Wars and about his origins, and then you wrote a great, I would say, thesis about your own Star Wars adventures and really captured a lot about what is most important and most exciting and fun and beautiful about Star Wars. So thank you so much. That is it. Many different points of view on favorite lightsabers and ways to start our Star Wars journey. So many different unique lives, and yet there are so many similarities that keep popping up. Thank you to everyone who shared, and if you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Uh, I'm going to keep experimenting, going to keep uh, playing with different ways that I might uh, collect uh, ideas and thoughts from people, and different ways that I might present them here on Favorite Points of View. In the meantime, you can find me on all the social media, is at Joseph Scrim you can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, my comedy albums, and future live shows all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there very soon. And here's one final point of view. Uh, I listed some of my favorite lightsabers last episode, so this episode I will close with one of the lightsabers that does not get a ton of attention, 
It was mentioned uh, briefly here uh, on this episode, but I'm kind of fascinated with it because it is literally the stereotypical middle child of lightsabers. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi's second lightsaber of three. So the one he uses in Attack the Clones, it's pretty much a replica of his first lightsaber from The Phantom Menace. And I love that he wasn't really ready to let go and move on. And this is happening in the same film that he lectured Anakin about losing lightsabers. And then he himself, Obi-Wan, lost this one, his second one. And somehow, through all those experiences, by the time he got around to making that third lightsaber, the one we all know so well and love so much, one of the first lightsabers we saw in 1977, by the time he got around to designing that one, he was ready to let go and make something different. There are Star Wars and lightsaber stories everywhere. Damn it, I love lightsabers. Thank you so much for listening, and as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, another happy landing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 